Hey everybody, uh, it's CMY. We're here back for another episode. It's Mark, Yanil, and Christian. Uh, Christian, you just came back from a trip. Uh, I guess we should start talking about you know what your experience was on your trip. I know you told us a couple of cool things about the place you're staying that <laughs> were quite interesting. Hopefully, you got some pictures of that to share. But um, you know, we're looking forward to seeing and hearing about that too. So, yeah, for sure. Well, first off, I I'd, I'd say that we were pretty nervous. Uh, the whole COVID thing was flying was really risky uh and we just it's too long of a drive from from miami to wisconsin so we decided to ask people that we knew that have flown and kind of just like do research into like the airlines so usually we fly with american but american isn't like isn't doing any sort of distancing between passengers so that immediately took us over to delta so we ended up flying delta um it was nowhere near as bad as I thought it would be. We flew out of Fort Lauderdale. It was basically empty. Like we, there wasn't even a security line at all. Uh, the plane was only about 60 to 70% full maybe. Uh, cleanest plane I've ever seen, uh, which was, you know, that, that, would, that immediately kind of just brought our comfort level up. My wife being my wife, she brought Lysol wipes and wiped everything down before we sat down anyway. Uh, I think that's a Hispanic woman thing, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> now, so, we, we did that on the way back from uh, Puerto Rico, like right when everything broke, we were wiping stuff down. So maybe it's just yeah. a female thing. Yeah, <laughs> my wife yeah. does it without any pandemic going on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. There you go. All right. <laughs> so we, uh, we flew from Fort Lauderdale to Atlanta. And we had a connection in Atlanta to fly to Milwaukee. Atlanta, I would say, being a huge hub, it wasn't as packed as you would imagine it would be. But it was definitely, there's a lot of people. So it's kind of hard to manage, like, bobbing and weaving to kind of stay away from people. A lot of, like, under, under nose maskers. Um, <laughs> I saw maybe, like, one or two people just, like, straight up not wearing a mask. They had it, like, on their chin. I'm, so that was kind of disappointing, but realistically, the majority of what we saw was okay. I, I'd i say Milwaukee was completely dead, even deader than Fort Lauderdale, and that was on the way in and out, so that was great. Even, like, they don't even have, like, Starbucks open or anything. Like, all the restaurants and stores in, within the airport are closed. It's just, like, get in, get out kind of thing, which I really liked. So the first part of our trip was we stayed at my uncle's house in the city of Milwaukee. And he lives in this really cool uh, house that was born in, was born in, was built in the early <laughs> 1800s. So it's a, it's actually a historical landmark. So nice. when I got there, they were remodeling the outside. They had, you know, the outside of the houses up there are a little bit different than houses in Florida. <laughs> They're made out of wood. So they had found some wood rot and stuff. So they were replacing all that and painting the house. And it was just, it made for really interesting photos to like shoot that. It was almost like a, like a work in progress kind of thing. Um, the guys that he had working there were local Mexican workers that live in Milwaukee. And they were also really interesting to photograph. And they had like, I know it sounds weird, but they had the way they had like their ladders laid out and like, they were like really organized and, it just made for cool pictures. The light there is 
fantastic all the time. <laughs> it's really strange. Like, I couldn't believe how good the light was. Like, at any point, if I could go out in the morning, it would be awesome. And then not just the light, but the weather was really, really great, too. It was, like, in the 70s, basically, the whole time we were there, which is a great change from Miami's close to 100. Yeah, plus 95 today. Plus 150% humidity. So <laughs> I'm not really glad to be back from that. But the second phase of our, of our trip was uh, we drove up from Milwaukee about four hours north on the, it's still on kind of like the east side of Wisconsin. And it's a place called Eagle River. It's pretty well known up there. A lot of people have cabins up there, like vacation cabins. So we rented one out and from just kind of my uncle rented it from like some random guy that's a friend of his friend and we get there and it was really beautiful i mean the landscape the nature it's kind of like really deep in the forest which was amazing uh the wildlife was amazing a lot of deer everywhere a lot of uh bald eagles everywhere so the funny thing was, which is what we were talking about before we started, was that the house was like the decor of the actual house and the interior was the most Americana thing I think I've ever seen in my life. The carpet was blue, completely blue. The walls were white, but like speckled with red. And then everything else was either red or blue. So everything in the house was red, white, and blue, everything everything <laughs> and there were eagles everywhere there's one above like the main chimney in the family uh the like up on the walls on above the wallpaper they had like a strip of like just it was like little eagle stamps um there was an eagle at least in every room it was kind of it i don't know at first it was like i was like kind of like this is weird this is like really really weird but the more I stayed there, the more I realized how like well-branded it was, I guess. I don't know. It, it was just so deep. So the cabin was built four generations ago. So I would say maybe like late 1800s or early 1900s. And it really went well. It was kept so well too. That was the other surprising thing. You think all this like cheesy stuff everywhere was like, was like old and musty and it really wasn't it was like really clean and it looked just kept so well everything was really organized um so i actually did some i which i've done before i did some interior design shots and i shot it as like i would shoot like one of my interior projects and i obviously i took a lot of photos of outside and nature we don't have a lot of woods down here in miami I love the woods. I love the forest. I love being in the forest. The light is always beautiful. And I love how like the light just flickers through the, through the leaves and um, with the contrast of the trees and stuff. And then that's considered, that area is considered the North woods of Wisconsin. Uh, and a lot of people, like I said, they have cabins and go hunting up there uh, and fishing in the lake, in the lakes. I think it's a chain of 26 lakes or 28 lakes. So it's pretty big. And the lake we stayed on was huge, called Catfish Lake. It was, it was gorgeous. I had, a, I had a great time. It was really relaxing. It was very quiet. 
And I was able to just kind of walk around every day and make photographs that just stood out to me. And, but with all that being said, I don't think that I made anything that was like really awe-inspiring, I guess. I think the coolest thing was at night we would go out on the dock and since it's so far away from everything, I mean, there was some light pollution, but you could see all of the stars. And the days that we were there, there were, it was a meteor shower for three days straight. So we would just sit out there and like watch the flying meteors or shooting stars or whatever we want to call them. And it would go on for hours and hours. Like I'm talking about like dozens of them. It was so cool, man. So I took some photos. I, I did, I, you know, did my best at doing some astrophotography uh, with kind of like the landscape of the lake and everything. And I did some night shots of the cabin. It was, it was, a uh, yeah. What did you do the Astro with, with the yes or with the, um, with, I did. Oh, so I took, I should probably talk about like photography, right? I took uh, <laughs> my SL2, my M10 and my Q2. Lesser photographer. <laughs> yeah. Lesser <laughs> photographer till the end. I took, uh, 50 Summicron SL to use on the SL. Obviously the Q2 has a 28 on it. And on the M10, I took a 35 Summicron and a 90 Summerit. And I also took an old vintage Nikon F 24 millimeter 2.8. And that's what I started off the, the night stuff with. I just, I don't know, I figured it'd be like the shots that I needed, I needed the least amount of like contrast and sharpness or whatever. I, I thought it would be kind of like, give it like a, a cool vintagey look to shoot the stars like that. And it did, it worked out really well. I thought the lens performed amazing. Uh, I mean, it's a really clean copy. There's no dust or, or haze or fungus or anything like that. Um, and then pretty much the rest of the trip I used, I used my Q2 in Milwaukee but I used my M10 with the 35 on it and the 90 in up, you know, up in Eagle River. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the shots that I took up there with taken with my M10. And you also did a little bit of iPhone photography. <laughs> I took like two or three shots. One of them was on a bike ride uh, that I didn't want to take any of my cameras on because they're just too big for that. So we went on a on a bike ride like in the around the forest, like around the neighborhood. And I saw this really cool picture of a truck, just kind of like a, a old abandoned truck in the in the woods. And I didn't have a camera on me, so I had to take it with my phone. It hurt. Then you a got lot. a camera on you. <laughs> <laughs> a real hurt. camera. A real camera, Yanni. Ah, for real photographers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So overall it was it was a fun trip. It was nice and relaxing. And I got some pretty cool photos. Uh, nothing to write home about though. I think that's fine. I mean, I, to me, like everything that you just explained sound like the type of trip where it's, you know, going back to our lesser photographer episode, right? Where it's like, it kind of doesn't matter, right? I mean, you're not, you weren't making those photographs for either a customer client or, you know, any particular purpose. It was just for, you know, the hobby of photography, if you will, like the joy of photography. So it kind of doesn't matter that the end result was not anything that's like, oh man, this is a, what's that term the instagram banger or whatever they call it right it's just hey you know whatever you yeah. saw something you like you took a picture and maybe please you at the time you maybe never look at it again or maybe you come across it later on and you're like oh man you remember this time we saw this cool thing and you know you, you kind of uh, uh live the relive the memory through that picture i mean that that's how i do it so 
you know, I, like, I don't see a problem with it is what I'm saying. So that's fine. Yeah. 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 I see what you're saying. I mean, I think there, that I could definitely grab some uh, content for my Instagram from some of the photos I made, but I just say, I don't know. I think it's cause I go to Milwaukee every year that or I go to Wisconsin every year that I just, it kind of just feels like home away from home. And it's, you know how like when you live in a city and I think we've discussed this before, but it's just a little bit less special than, than yeah. if you yeah. go traveling, like, you know, outside of your comfort zone. Um, and I think that's kind of like what happened, but my wife had never been up to a lake or up in the woods for that matter ever before she's from Miami born and raised. So, and I'm going lakes. Was... It's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Got gators. Yeah. <laughs> Gators, yeah, the, yeah. the bottom grass road will grab you and pull you down. Like, my mom scared the crap out of me for rivers and lakes. I'll never go on one in my life. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, just always well, anyway, I so. went in. I We played the first night we were there. We played a card game, and it was uh, the guys against the girls, and the girls won. So all the guys had to jump in the lake at night. And the water was probably in the 50s. It was pretty Ooh. cold. Pretty, pretty cold. But during the day, it wasn't that bad. It was like... The sun was out and stuff, so. That sounds nice. Like, jumping into a lake without sharks that are going to kill your gators. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah right. I don't think there was actually anything harmful in that lake. Unless a bald eagle came out from the sky and tried to pluck you up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a giant pterodactyl. Yeah, dude, seriously, those <laughs> things are so enormous. I, I didn't, I mean, I, I think I've seen them before, but maybe kind of, like, further away. But I saw them, like, more up close this time, and they're just massive their wingspan is crazy yeah i've never seen one in person uh, but i've heard they're big just you know from actually from tv shows my kids watch but you know, that's, <laughs> that's neither here nor there but. <laughs> that's what kids are for yeah, I was right? fun of my wife we did like the road trip around the olympic peninsula like pacific northwest and one of the stops you just saw like a nice like i think it was a river that we stopped just to take a photo at and my wife sees a bald eagle flying by she had never seen one all of a sudden i look over and i'm like are you crying <laughs> well, dude, really i'm gonna be real i'm gonna be real with you. so like the cabin that that was next door to our cabin or i guess like the closest one had like a huge american flag and the house itself was red and we you know we're just kind of like out on the dock and i look up and there's this big eagle and i look like immediately to my right and i just see like the American flag like waving in the background <laughs> with this like beautiful light on it and I was just like I almost teared up man it was it was <laughs> very awesome. it was very American it was it was really nice that's crazy <laughs> so, going back to like what we were talking about before about the that you didn't really make any photos that you really loved or anything but a lot of times when I travel like I'll leave the trip and be like damn I don't really want to post any of this and I won't but I'll go back a couple of years later like just reminiscing about the trip and I'll see the photos I'm like that's a really good photo. Like, yeah. like I remember, like you look that back totally at it with happens. new eyes and you see it. It's like, that's a good photo. I remember that day. And that was an amazing experience. And that makes the photo so much better. Just yeah. because it's something that it's just not fresh in your mind anymore. Yeah. 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 I guess my issue mainly with it was that I didn't feel like the photos that I made in Eagle river were very like unique or unique from each other. It was just like, a lot of trees i guess and like while while i was there and like walking through the forest or whatever it was 
it was really nice and it like caught my eye obviously so i took a photo but like after i i kind of threw him into lightroom and started looking at him and i just felt like it was a, a lot of the same so i don't know i guess that was yeah. my issue with it well let's take it you know what yanni's point was a little bit while ago too is that you know again for me when i do what he just mentioned where i go through it later on and i'm like oh you know this is a cool photo it's typically like a journey, right? So it's not just like the one photo by itself standing alone, right? It's typically, you know, a series of photos that reminds me of like the trip and maybe the other photos I took that are probably even less significant, but like, all right, this might be one that I think is better out of this bunch, you know, that, you know, we, whether it's like, okay, the Grand Canyon is a perfect example, right? I actually recently went through a bunch of pictures that I took there and I was like, oh man, and I was like, you know, I kind of just blew this one off because I figured it just wasn't that, spectacular right it wasn't like the main part of the candy it was just this little part that i found and i was like all right well i kind of liked how the light was hitting it and everything um so seeing it now i have more appreciation for it not just because it by itself is a good photo but when i again cycle through lightroom you know the, the days or whatever that is uh, the week that we're there and li reliving that through those pictures i think that's part of the enjoyment right again it's not a let me go post on instagram and try to get likes or let me go put in some kind of portfolio but i still find enjoyment in the photo right and and what it means for me you know as you know the person was on the trip and as you know a photographer right so i think that's that's the way to look at it and enjoy it i guess so i guess what we can do is post a couple at the end of the video and you guys can tell us your thoughts uh you know like and comment on on what you what you'd like to see talked about and and maybe things that weren't you know, these guys haven't seen the photos yet. I haven't even finished editing them yet, but I will. I'll probably uh, finish them really soon. And, and we'll hopefully by the time this video airs, we can throw them at the end and hear your guys' thoughts. Yeah. And it'll probably be the first photos of Wisconsin that most people have ever seen. <laughs> people. First, yeah. So who, when I tell people that I'm from Wisconsin, they look at me like I'm crazy. Like, we still do. What? <laughs> I still <laughs> No, you're not. I've, I've heard it like three times. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the first man. time you told me, I was like, oh, you're messing with me, right? <laughs> a lot of a lot of people think that. And a lot of people think that Milwaukee is just like farmland. They don't like, can't imagine it as a big city. It's weird. Yeah. City in Milwaukee is like, what? Yeah. What? You know, got a baseball hey, team. Are there, I was about to say, they have there a baseball cows, team. Cows and cheese in the city? <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm actually going on a trip too um, in about two weeks. Nothing fancy, nice. especially for Floridians. Um, it's my wife and I's wedding anniversary, like the beginning of next month. Um, so, so, funny enough, since we've been married, every year we've actually had like, you know, either she's been pregnant or there's a baby that has been with us. So, it's the first time both the kids are old enough that we can get away. But obviously, now there's COVID hanging around. Um, so, we're just going to go to Key West, go to like, you know, a small place there. And just, again, no real expectations. I mean, you know, photography aside, no expectations. Just We just need to get away. I mean, we've been here in the house, like, locked down with them, so to speak, for the past five months. And, you know, we just it, need to get it away. It gets to you, man. Yeah. It gets to you. That's, that was, like, the biggest reason that we decided to take the risk that we did. And, like, there's definitely part of me that feels guilty because um, I strongly believe that everyone should be as careful as they can and, like, wear a mask and, and really try to, to bring this thing down. But on a personal note, like in a personal level, I just felt like mentally I needed, I really needed the break. I wasn't doing well yeah. before, you know? So 
I feel much more refreshed and wait, you know, waiting for, for this to be over. So work can start and, uh, and just kind of trying to focus on, on more positive things. Uh, yeah. I think it, for everybody, it got to be a really difficult and it has gotten to be really difficult to get through this without a break at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're taking, so a couple of precautions are changes, right? I mean, for one, our, our wedding anniversary is actually Labor Day weekend. So, you know, typically, you know, it's, it's an easy four day weekend to go do things. There's always places exciting, but we actually opted to do it before just because we wanted to kind of minimize the amount of people would be around. Right, so right. we were actually doing it the weekend before Labor Day weekend. Um, so it worked out and everything. So that's where we're going to, we're going to go to Key West. I forgot the name of the place we're staying, but you know, quaint little looking little places. It's Key West. I mean, you know, as Floridians here, like, there's nothing particularly special for probably for you guys who is Key West. It's probably going to be different because there's not going to be as many people and, and you know, it's going to be unique in that sense. But again, for me, I think it's just time away, right? Time away from like being in this house. I mean, for listeners, like I actually work at home like full time that like I, there's no local office for me to even go into. So, you know, when everybody was, you know, having to work from home and stuff, I'm like, cool. I've been living this for the past like 10 years. So like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. there's, there's nothing to I change for me. So, so yeah, so I, I, I've had enough like, you know, where I'm just like, all right, I, I need to get out. Right. Cause usually that's what I do either take a trip every now and then, or, you know, get out and shoot with, with you guys and stuff. But now it's just, you know, that's been kind of shut down. So, you know, what better opportunity than, than a wedding anniversary, right? Happy wife, happy life. So absolutely. I mean, sorry. I think part of, part of accepting the risk that we took too was where we were going. Um, like Milwaukee, I mean, obviously isn't nearly as bad as Florida or Wisconsin, I should say, in terms of COVID cases. Um, but where we were going specifically in Wisconsin is just like so far, like it's so outdoorsy and like far away from everyone. We didn't really come into contact with anyone. We didn't need to. We, you know, we had bought the food beforehand. We cooked every night, every, every day and nice. every night. Uh, yeah. There wasn't a single time we went out to a restaurant or anything like that. Um, my... I have, so three of my cousins were there and one of them has a son who's special needs. So obviously he was like high risk and uh, we just made sure to, to be as safe as possible for him. Like I've, my in-laws have a house in the Keys in Alamorado. So usually I'm not like the biggest fan of going. Like I like going, but I don't like going that often. And now with COVID, I'm like, yeah, let's go again. And I like I've been <laughs> let's go out there, hang out in the pool, and just like do nothing. And it's one of those things where we leave the house, we drive to that house, we don't stop anywhere, have anything like to put gas, which that's all we do. Get to that house, and then I do not leave the perimeter of that house for like the entire weekend, and then come back home, wow. and that's it. So it's like absolutely no contact, and it's pretty much the same thing as being home because I'm not seeing anybody but family. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what it is, right? It's really just a scenery change. <laughs> like, you know, it's just, just you need to get out of the, the day in, day out that you're doing. And, you know, that's a cliche, I think, statement that's made. Like, oh, you know, I just want to change the scenery for people that do things. But when you really don't have much of a choice, at least not a safe choice, I think it's, it's you know, yeah, it's something you kind of yearn for. So, Yanni, what have you been up to? I've been doing... A lot of Mark style photography since I've been stuck at home and I'm not really shooting anything. I You're inspiring, Mark. So um, many I'm glad I have that effect. Of my kid. 
and yeah. I will chase them around with four different cameras and take four of the same photos with four different cameras because I am that bored. It's like, no, welcome come here. to my life. Yeah. Like I've been using this guy, my original X100, which I put in the light. There we go. It's a, too it's bad, a we, it's not too the bad we are on a review channel because you could be <laughs> like, putting, putting all that stuff to the test. Exactly. Like chasing after him, like, oh, that one barely focuses. Oh, this one focuses really good, but it's kind of boring to use. Oh, the GR is the best one, but it's so ugly. I don't like touching it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. You feel that way about the GR? Why? Because it's so small? It, it's just ugly. It's nothing. It's, so you, it's, it's a use, extremely utilitarian camera. I think, I mean, I, overall, I think Nikon makes the ugliest cameras ever. Like this, it looks like nothing. It's a black box with like a button on it. I don't think and it's a, a bad looking camera design wise. There's nothing to yeah. it. Like it's like yeah. Look at this thing, how nice it looks. Like no, 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 no. I mean, this is pretty. Look no, that, that. that's already jumped a shark. <laughs> <laughs> that is a pr- that is a pretty camera. Speaking of uh, Fuji's, where's the, what's the status on? Uh, are you going to be? Didn't you tell us you posted your your M camera online for sale? Wait, wait. There you go. That thing. Yeah. So I'm selling my uh, Leica M240. Um, finally decided is like, well, whether or not I decide to go and get an M10P or M10 or whatever, the overlap between this guy, the X100, which I love using and love as a camera, and that that's going to help me decide, right? Because if I get rid of that, I still have an M6. So if I really need to use a rangefinder, you know, I'll, I guess, force myself to shoot more film anyway. I still have, you know, a Leica. I mean, that means the lenses that I have will still have use. Right. Um, but it will help me decide whether or not, like, okay, do I want to keep just the X100 or do I still need a digital Leica in my life? And, you know, if I do, then, you know, as we talked about, a couple, I don't remember if it was last episode or episode before, you know, I really do want an M10, like want, don't need, want, M10P, sorry. Um, so, you know, I figured sell it, you know, sell that, which is weird. I never thought I'd actually sell that. Um, and, you know, at least I have the money. So that if a good deal comes across on an M10 or M10P, I'll, I'll be ready because I, you know, I have the money from this. Right. And if I decide, yeah, I don't really need it, you know, I'll just stick to the, the M6, then sure, great. You know, I save myself a bunch of money and it just yeah. sits there and, you know, whatever, until the next obsession comes yeah, around. Or you could buy more lenses for the Fuji or whatever. Yeah, well, I, I don't think I will, you know, but... Um, you should try I mean, a telephoto, man. Do you have anything like over 90? Well, yeah, so what I'm recording on now is actually an X-T3 with a 16 to 80, which is like a 24 to 120. I mean, it's an F4, you know, IS, you know typical kind of kit type lens. Right. Um, so that's, that's kind of like my utilitarian camera. It's like if... I need to go to the zoo and like take pictures or go like on some safari or something. I guess safari probably is something longer, but just anything that requires that kind of versatility, that's what I use. Otherwise I really don't use it a whole lot. Right. Cause the X100 is just way smaller, easier, lighter to just have on me, you know, ch- chasing the kids around. That's the camera I typically go, uh, use. So right now that's my again, utilitarian camera. The X100 is my, you know, camera that like inspires me, so to speak, you know, and okay. I, again, I have the M6, which is, same thing, but film, um, which I try not to shoot too much because I figure just being at home is just going to be a huge waste the way I shoot because I shoot, I'd probably just snap off way too many photos. So, um, so that's actually what I intend to take to, to, to the keys is probably just the M6. Um, I, I usually do that when I last year, I think it was last year when I went on um, um, 
my anniversary trip with my wife, I just took the M6. I, I did have the GR, but I shot mostly with the M6 just because it's, you know, it's, again, you go, we were typically, we haven't gone to any place where I don't think I'll ever be back. So there's not this pressure of like, oh my God, let me get the best photos I can, you know, on digital so I can share or archive it very quick. So it's just, it's way more relaxed shooting. So I figured it'd be best to take that to the Keys because again, I've been to the Keys a ton of times and it's just down the road for us. So why not just shoot film where there's no pressure and it's not like, okay, let me shoot everything in sight because I'll never see it again or because I want to yeah. know, capture all those things, you know? So, so I, uh, I just finished watching, like right before we were recording, I was watching this episode of a Netflix show called Abstract. And to my understanding, it was only for like design, like architecture, design, that kind of thing, whatever. So I didn't really pay too much mind to it. And I was scrolling through YouTube and I see Netflix abstract photography. And I was like, oh, wow, I didn't know they covered photography. So I click on it and it's about this photographer. Uh, his name is, hold on, let me see. You told me Platon? Platon, that's it, yeah, Platon. Platon is a portrait photographer and he mostly shoots presidents, uh, government officials, celebrities, but he's, I mean, he's shot a lot of like Time Magazine's uh, person of the year, like portraits. Dude. He didn't take my picture of Time's person of the year. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, he, he, he said some really interesting stuff. And one of them, and I'm saying this because you mentioned about shooting film and how it's more relaxed. Um, he mentioned something in the, in, in the documentary about like, when you shoot film, you don't have a screen to like chimp or peep at. And when, when you're shooting film, you have more of a connection to the person that you're shooting in this case, because he shoots portraiture, but I can imagine it's the same if you shoot street or whatever else, you're kind of just more focused on what you're looking at instead of like what the camera is doing and looking at. And I thought that was a really interesting way. So I think that if you shoot digital, you can kind of imitate that in a way where it's just like, turn off your back screen. Um, I mean, with my S SL and my Q2, like I have an EVF, so I'm looking at a screen either way, but like, that's why I like to shoot my M10 and just kind of shoot it and pretend like there's no screen on the back. And I mean, if you have to use it, cool, but try to just keep in mind, it's more so about your subject than the camera. You know, yeah. Oh, on that same sort of topic, one of my favorite photographers from Florida, Clyde Butcher, he's like the Ansel Adams of Florida, basically. I don't know if you guys know him. He does a lot of work in the Everglades and stuff like that. His he's, work is incredible. Yeah, and he was pretty much strictly film. And when I say film, I mean like the large negative, format. large formats. Like the film is bigger than your laptop. Yeah, and he has like a two thousand <laughs> pounds and larger. That I don't know where he, I forgot where he got it from, but it's like. He needs like a trucking company to bring it to him. I think it's but probably he, a drum, a drum scanner from uh, no, that NASA made, right? No, not a scanner. Uh, the oh, larger to like to make oh, the prints. Oh god! Prints. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, like darkroom prints. And then, so I'm gonna ignore the fact that he got an A7R already, and we're gonna talk about the fact that he got a Leica monochrome. And it's yeah. like that's his. Apart from that, I'm A7 that we're not gonna talk about. This is his first digital camera. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and he says that it's pretty much the same experience because it's monochrome and he gets and since they're like a monochrome it's it's an actual monochrome sensor it's not the standard Bayer array that just desaturates 
he could still if you want to get if you want to use like a different like a filter on it to bring out the sh like the strength of the clouds or whatnot he still has to use his own filter that he was using before so it's the same yeah, process he was amazing. doing with film just digital so it could be a lot quicker i doubt he's going to do his typical thing of taking his tripod and putting it like in the everglades in the swamp where the camera's like sitting like right over the water i doubt he's going to do that with the m10 but that would be interesting but that would also, be interesting i so mean maybe Ace, he doesn't even have to put it on a tripod i mean he could probably just well he's doing it. like everything he does is like super long exposure and a bunch of filters oh, right, on there okay. and all that stuff so uh, like yeah but, that guy's awesome and that A7 that we're not going to talk about, it's actually a pretty cool setup. <laughs> it's like the A7, and then it has like a bellows sort of thing where like, so it becomes a tilt shift. Oh, I don't even know what setup, but I'm like, hey. And I guess if you're going to use an A7, the best way to use it is in black and white so you don't have that Sony color science stuff going on. That looks <laughs> horrible. Yeah, it is pretty bad. Do you, I, do you I have some say. of those work up there to pull up? Yeah. Um, give me one sec here. i get it up here. There you go. Yeah, his website's an eyeful. I, it's, it's, yeah, it's a little rough. Um, Needs some work, but yeah. So this is Clyde Butcher. Let's see, photographs, Florida collection. There we go. So it does national, wow. nat yeah, national so parks. Good, I yeah. can't wait. To black see, and white. I can't wait, wait to see his work that, that he does uh, with the M10 monochrome. Yeah. Yeah. He actually I mean, has not that this isn't work. incredible. Like, this is absolutely incredible. Yeah, for, for, for black and white landscape nature, like, you know, people think of nature and landscape, they think, like, lots of green and colors and stuff like that. And this is, this is good. And this is so, I, it's so dramatic. Yeah. The funny thing, and just to jump back to the, the Keys trip, like, I was debating. I was like, all right, you know, like, always there's a decision. I was like, do I shoot black and white? Because I have a couple of rolls of Ilford HP5, or do I shoot color? Because that's kind of what I prefer. And I was like, man, I was like, I wonder what would, you know, Florida, so to speak, look like in black and white, you know, when I think it's just like general, like the area we're going to, I was like, that's interesting. I wonder, I just kind of like had the thought, I was like, I wonder what that would look like. And again, it's not this kind of landscape, but just seeing the, I guess, tonality of the photos in black, white, and, he, and even these thumbnails here as I'm looking through, it's like, that's crazy. And it's just to nerd out, he, yeah. sh he shoots T-Max. Oh, uh, which one? No, I'm assuming not 3200 or the 400. No, it's 400. And okay, there's like there's 12 like by 30 or whatever, like huge format. <laughs> 12 by 30, Jesus. I, I, I think that was the number I saw. I, could <laughs> be I know it was a 12 in there. <laughs> it's a 12 in there. Man, that's crazy. Yeah, this is so good, man. Yeah. Damn, 89. Yeah, you know what would be really cool? Um, it looks like a lot of his work has spanned like, you know, looks like decades. There's some photos in here that I saw there's 83 and 89. I mean, there's stuff in the 2000, 2016. It'd be really cool if he actually had um, similar shots, I guess, over the years from different areas just to see, I guess, you know, not to take it to like environmentalist type stuff, climate change, but just, you know, what the changes, what, what, how the landscape has changed over the years um, and what that looks like, especially in such a dramatic fashion. Um, I'm curious if he even has that already. Um, Maybe he already does. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I went to um, the Dali Museum up in northern Florida. Where's that? In? At Tamp in Tampa? St. Augustine, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Is this we went, no, it's we Tampa, went, isn't it? I was about to say, isn't it like Clearwater, like St. Pete? One of, one of those places. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
And um, this was about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. And they had a Clyde Butcher exhibit like the day that I went and it was awesome. It was really, nice. really cool. He looks like the guy from um, Lord of the Rings. No, not a lot of I mean, Lord uh, Rings. Game of uh, Thrones. Game of Thrones, yeah, right here. <laughs> just in that picture, like, holy crap. Yeah, that's crazy. That's like cool. his work is, you could tell it's him. Like, I remember yeah. I walked into somebody's office and they had a massive, massive, like nine foot wide print. And the second I saw him, like, that has to be Clyde Butcher. Like, it's something I'd never seen, but I looked mm-hmm. down, like, instantly. I looked down, I'm like, oh, there it is. It's him. Is that dramatic Everglades Florida look? That's his signature. Yeah, it, the thing I like about it, I mean, maybe because it's film. I mean, I don't like it because it's film. But when I think about like what a dramatic landscape picture in black and white would look like in like a modern interpretation, I think of like something like gaudy HDR, like for some reason with like an ultra wide lens. That's that's kind of what I picture if I were to think about how somebody would interpret that. And seeing that, it's like. It doesn't look super exaggerated. It, the tonality is there; it's great, but it's not like HDR, like glowing. You yeah, know, it's, it's not like over. It just it just looks great. You it's know? real yeah, HDR. Crazy. It's huge format film. Yeah, you have yeah, all, yeah, all right. the dynamic range in the world. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, like, yeah really it's, crazy. It's really crazy. Um, so yeah, back to this. Of his. Back to this. Uh, this guy we were just talking about the portrait photographer. He was talking about how he has this, and this is also the reason I mentioned this earlier. He has a drum scanner because he said, and it was like designed by NASA or something. And he said <laughs> that that's the only way, because he shoots film, uh, the only way that he felt that he can get like the perfect green structure and like the perfect tonality out of his images. And I thought that was really interesting. And they show like footage of it. Dude, it's massive. It's like, you know, like those humongous like printers that they use like for billboards and stuff. It looks kind of like that. And then yeah. just like the, the drum roll just like spins so fast. It's cool. It's really cool. You guys should check it out. There's a shop here in Miami that has one. I forgot where they, I think it's like somewhere in North Miami. Like they, it's a, there's an actual like scanning shop that nobody knows about. I've seen it like on Yelp. And one of the things they offer is a drum scanner. Yeah. But it's super expensive to drum scan things. I can imagine. I'll just stick to not shooting film. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll that, stick to shooting your camera. <laughs> you know, the, going back to like the M10, M10P, M6 discussion, that's the one thing that kind of scares me. It's like, I prefer color film, but I feel like doing it myself, I get very inconsistent results, both on the dev development and the scanning. So it's like, sometimes it's like a, a pain to work with like the whole process to get yeah. what I want out of it. Um, and, you know, originally I thought, okay, great. I'll just shoot black and white on the M6 and then do color on, on, you know, the M240. And that's the one thing that like, kind of like scares me about it because sure I could go send it off to lab and everything like that. But then it got stupid expensive very quickly if you start shooting a lot. So that, that's the one hesitation I have and, and fear is that, if I'm going to do color on it, which I probably will, do I start paying for it and just suck it up as a cost of like, you know, enjoying that part of it or keep trying to perfect it myself or just say and stick to black and white on that. So anyway, that, that, that is to be determined, but these are that the things that go through my determined. head. We will, we will return to this conversation at a later date. 
Actually, I uh, want to hear what you do. In that, have you ever considered, like, you don't know if your development development or your scanning is the issue. Have you thought about sending your negatives to a professional lab to have scanned and see how they come back? Just do the scanning? Yeah. Well, up until this discussion, I didn't know that was really a thing. <laughs> like, I didn't know yeah. that labs would just do that. Some so, uh, also, you. I have I have some friends that just do the lab just does the developing and they do yeah yeah I've stuff. done that before like a lot and cheaper. and it, it's funny you mention that because I do have from when I first started shooting film um, some years back uh, some negatives that I scanned with this new scanner and I feel like I was able to manipulate it how I wanted it but it still took work so it could be in the scanning process. And I think, you know, and that's why I said I'm, I'm open to trying some more. It's not like I'm just going to completely give up. I mean, you know, say, all right, screw this. But I think it's a little bit of both, right? I, I know when I first started doing development at Home for Color, I think my temperatures were a little too hot just because I wanted to, like, you know, uh, make sure it wasn't too cold. And I think that was causing my negatives to have, like, weird color shifts. So, like, some of the earlier stuff I developed was, like, really wacky with the colors, like, really, really wacky. It's gotten a lot better now where – at least in a role, I feel like, okay, once I figure out what's off or needs to be adjusted, it's just set it and forget and scan the entire role that way. Yeah. But each role might be different, right? Especially if you're talking different film stocks and so on. So, you know, I mean, it, it, that's not a bad idea as far as like getting somebody else to scan it and see. Um, but it, it is, it's not an easy process. I mean, for me, at least with the process I have. So just for a reference for anybody that wants to know, yeah. I use the, yeah. Yeah, what's the name of this guy again? It's, it's boxed up somewhere Plus tech. Plus tech. There you go. Plus tech. I think it was an 8100i or something like that or 8100si, whatever, something. You can probably Google it and find it. Or I'll put it's it in also show notes. really, really time consuming. Like who has time to sit there and like scan every single negative? Like, yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're doing like one role, if you're developing like one role and scanning one role, it's not terrible. But the other day I did six roles. I think it was like two black and white and like four color. And I'm not even going to lie. I still have like three rolls of color that I still haven't scanned from like a month ago from when I did that. So I actually yeah. thought about it this week. And I was like, yeah, I got I to find some time to sit down and finish scanning those. Because I have no idea what's on it because it was I just started shooting a bit of film like, you know, during the whole, you know, COVID thing. So it's it's probably nothing that important. But important in the sense of like nothing that's like I'm looking for like posting. But it's probably memories of like my kids and family and stuff like that. Because right, that's all right. it really is. So. Speaking wow, of uh, film and developing, we got our film back, the lost film. Oh, scanned, how did it was come recovered. I had one mm. roll of portrait in there that I just shot like random things around like my life. And I love it. And I'm really angry about that because I don't want to keep on shooting portrait. Yeah, <laughs> I want to go back to black and white expensive. film. But it's so, well, it's not even the price of the film. It's the price of everything else around the color film. It's supposed yeah. to black and white. So I'm like, oh, I, didn't, I was hoping I wouldn't like this, but... I love them and it's probably just because they are on film like damn it looks so nice like but whatever my wife got her photos back she likes them all too our minolta autocord or medium format might have a small hole on the shutter because three of the photos have a like like a light leak flare mark on the same exact spot so i want to find somebody to send that out to so the day after we got them back i'm digging through a drawer and i find the Roll of exposed portrait 400. I'm like, what the hell? Where did this come from? I'm like, whatever. Maybe it's just like an old roll of film or something like that. I like a test roll or something I had. I'm like, hey, 
did you get all your photos back, honey? She's like, well, now that you mentioned that, like the photos start from here. So we're missing like a day and a half of photos from before that. I'm like, oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I have your role here. I'm going to have to, I, I keep on trying to be cheap about this, but now I got to pay for shipping for this one role all the way out to Utah, pay for shipping for the negatives back and pay Dude, to have Which lab is it? Which I lab do you use better. again? The fine lab. Mm, I think it's better to just like, whenever you're done with five rolls, send that out. Like no matter how fast you shoot it, if you shoot it over vacation, this, like this rule you know, is from just December. send the whole thing <laughs> yeah. out it's, immediately. It's December. Like, yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. Procrastinating on film is just never a good idea because it's it, like it's eight months older. You have to get it done. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. things he pro- procrastinates on shooting it too. That's the thing. It's like he doesn't go through it and just sit on it. It, it takes him a while to go through that roll. Yeah, but I meant like you know, like keep it in bunches where it's like, oh, if it's you go on vacation, you shoot film, like send that those vacation rolls out. You know. Yeah. Oh, I see. Just yeah. fill out of the bunch. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's, I, I've actually been purposely not putting film in my camera because I know sometimes I have this like little burst of inspiration. I'm like, you know, I'm going to shoot some film today and I may fire off like five rolls, five uh, frames and not touching it for like six months. Yep. And I'm like, well, I mean, it's not hurting anything there, but it's like, all right, well, if I decide if this, let's say that was like a black and white roll and I wanted to all of a sudden shoot colors, like, God damn it. Now I like have to go finish this roll. So sometimes I, anxiously blow through rule i mean i, I do have some point and shoot film cameras and i guess i could throw in stuff if i want to shoot color which I, actually i should mention that so i have a bit of gear talk here uh, the, the nikon l35 af i really that's a really freaking great camera <laughs> like i some of the pictures that come out of that thing i'm like wow this is some of the best film photos i've ever taken and it's just a point and shoot like with a gimpy autofocus like it's one of those things where in the viewfinder when you look through it it has like you know a little like uh stick figure like a tree and yeah, then like yeah. a mountain to show you where what's the focus that's that's yeah, how you know you're focused like okay yeah person is close up right and, yeah. and a tree is like a little you know, landscape and then you know uh, not landscape but whatever and then you know mountains like yeah that's that's out there so but it's a, it's a great little camera it's actually got some great photos and you know for film it's really convenient the lens is I, sharp it's you know it's good i like it I do the same thing with my mini looks where I just put in a roll and I'll take a couple of shots and then like won't look at it again for three months and then pick it up again in three months and shoot another five frames. And by the end, the, the year's end, I have a whole roll, just one roll. It's just like random <laughs> stuff throughout <laughs> the year. Yeah. So, Mark, you never like, when you want to switch, you never just take the roll out and then load it back in later at some other time. I did that once when I know I had like, two or three photos in because it was easier to figure out where I need to get back to. Like it was like, you know, basically skip a couple frames or something, but I'm not good at doing that. And it's funny you mention that one of the roles I developed like earlier in the month that I was talking about, like, I guess I put it back in. I didn't realize I already had shot. it. <laughs> and Got some double exposures. Like the whole role is double exposures. Like I'm not even That's kidding. The cool, whole, like if any of them actually looked decent, that'd be kind of one cool. did. Except the the orientation was all jacked up. Like like it, I don't remember what it was, but it was like let's say a picture of my wife, like with one of the kids, and like the other kid was like playing. Like if it was actually the same orientation, would it it would have been freaking phenomenal? Because like, I guy scanned yeah. it, I'm like, holy crap! And I'm like, but it's like you know my wife's like right side up, and like the other kid's like this, <laughs> so it just looks like yeah. Crazy. But what if you make that like a square? You know what I mean? 
or like a bigger I mean, frame yeah. to like I, I didn't throw it out so but i just kind of skipped cool. over it right you know i skipped over because i'm like all yeah. right well this is kind of a bummer right you know the whole thing is in there and so i i scanned the rolls that are actually fine and I, I you know i'll go back to that one that's actually one of the ones that i have to finish up scanning so happy mistakes right happy mistakes always yeah like all of my rolls all my scans come back with a bunch of black frames because my wife and i share the film cameras and like Mark said, like I could take a year to shoot one roll. So I put a roll in, take a few photos, and she, we go on a trip. She wants to use it. All right, let me pull out my roll, come back, put it back in, load it back up. Like, let's say I already had six frames on it. I'll like just hit the cock the shutter like eight times. It's like the eighth frame to make sure I don't double expose anything. I'll take like three or four more photos. Then we go on another trip. It's like, all right, let me take my film back out, <laughs> load her film up, come back from the trip. That's load crazy, dude. I've never heard of anyone doing that. And they just yeah. keep on putting in the I feel like that's that's an easy way to like mess up your role. It hasn't nah, happened it's yet. More yeah. it, it's more wasteful. It's just more wasteful because you kind of have to. Right. You, you skip know, frames. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you think about it, the role is just, there's not like dedicated. Okay. Here's frame one. Right. So you, you could yeah, theoretically like load it in just a little too short or too long, like, you know, in the feeder right. and, you know, completely miss it. If, and that's why Yanni said like, right. Give it like a two frame gap or two frame yeah. buffer, or whatever you want to call it. So. Like, I'm guessing if I use the same camera for decades, I'll know how to do it perfectly. But for now, like, a few extra frames is fine. Right. Yeah. And it's less stuff to scan at the end. Yeah. Yeah. yeah See, that's, yeah. Why, that's why you guys need to just have your own cameras and just, like, that's yours. And this is my role, my camera, and we leave it alone. <laughs> yeah. I'm with Mark on this. <laughs> There's a reason I have Leica's, and it's because my wife likes them, too. If, if only one of us liked <laughs> yeah. them, I would still be shooting Fuji. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's exactly. a good point. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that guy needs to go. So, yeah. If anybody's interested, Black Pain, like listeners. A, yeah, like a uh, Black Pain, like an M240. Uh, it's treating me well. Um, I really, if it doesn't sell, to be honest, you like, who cares? Like, it's not. It'll sell, it, man. Like is always. Yeah, no, it, it will sell. I mean, but it's just. I don't think I've ever seen. Where, sorry, I don't think I've no, ever no, seen a like online, like posted online for sale that hasn't sold. Yeah, <laughs> unless it's like some ridiculous price or some ridiculous limited edition or something, but like That's a regular, true. like a two forty M ten M six M two whatever, like they always sell. What like about M fives? Those never sell because nobody wants those except me. <laughs> so I'll take one at like two or three hundred bucks if anyone's got one. Yeah, if you want to get rid of that ugly thing. We, we we have somebody we have a taker so <laughs> but yeah hit it hit us up um you can dm me on instagram or message us on i guess youtube or wherever you're getting this um yeah if you're interested let me know i mean i'm not trying to peddle my wares on you but i'm trying to peddle my wares on you so you can help me help me decide what i'm going to do with my photography life for the next couple of months until i change my mind again follow us on instagram too it's at cmy.cast and yeah. oh, I want to give a little shout out to my buddy. There's a shirt from Brickle Bikes. Uh, my friend Robbie. I've been, if you people follow me on Instagram, you'll know that I've been getting back into cycling a lot recently. And he's actually one of my best friends. And he's, he has been getting into photography. He has, he has my wife's old Olympus EM5. He bought another Panasonic or something. But he's one of those people that he's actually taken my advice. I've helped him out like for the shop. He's, he's photographing the bike in good light using a tripod and just updating his feed and posting new and new photos 
and he's been getting a bigger and bigger following. He, I think he might have more followers than me now because I used to make fun of him for that. And <laughs> every day his business is growing from this. I'm like, this is awesome because just from caring a little bit. So I want to give him a shout out. He's at Brickle Bikes. If you need a bike, hit him up. He's a little bit busy now because everybody wants to ride a bike in the pandemic, but still. <laughs> <laughs> so is, is this what happens when you take Yanni's advice? Or maybe I should just stop. Some people, listen. every now and then people listen to me and it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have yeah, an well, antenna already if you listened to him. Yeah, I, I don't know now. I mean, I, I, he, he hasn't officially co-signed me some of this, I think, but, you know, we'll see. But I have one shout out to, I mean, I guess it's not so much a shout out because I don't know the guy, but um, I just picked up... Um, this book by Devin Allen. Uh, I think his Instagram is like at B Y D V N A L N, like basically by Devin Allen without the the um, vowels in it. Um, I haven't looked through it yet, but I just I've seen his work and he, he actually like he's uh, a recently I don't know what's the word if you call it sponsored or whatever like a photographer. So like brought him on board and, you know, Macy has, has him and a couple of the photographers on board now. So I, th I thought that was really cool for them to acknowledge somebody who's been actually documenting some of the um, protests and, you know, just life in that kind of uh, world. Right. And, and the, the struggles that are happening there. I mean, he's been doing this since uh, Freddie Gray's uh, killing back in 2015. So I thought that was really cool. So, you know, wanted to show sport, pick up the book, um, like I said, I'll, I'll make some time to look through that. I, I typically don't rush to look through a book because it's hard to find a quiet time just to like absorb what's going on and take it in. So I got it yesterday and it's, you know, I just unwrapped it and had it there to my shelf. So I might pick uh, that up too. That looks really yeah, good. Yeah, maybe tomorrow. So yeah. Yeah, really cool. Um, you know, like I said, I flipped through it a bit, you know, it looks interesting. And like I said, I follow him on Instagram already. Um, but yeah, I, I think that was really cool. So picked up the book. That's my one, I guess, call out or shout out today. Cool. Awesome. Well, we're going to link, um, I want to link that abstract, uh, episode Mark, if you can. Yeah. And yeah. Definitely. If, uh, if we can add some of the photos from my Wisconsin trip and see what you guys think, hit like, and subscribe. Thanks again for watching. Uh, we're CMY. Cool. Later guys. Later guys. Later.